Kaidi Mike, Tenei Hotaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Wallace Chapman here. Now the Roy Morgan is out. Labour, it's a poll. Labour slips to 26%. National has a bump. But take a look at the minor parties. They're going gangbusters. Top. They're on 4%. New Zealand First, 5%. Uh, that just after 4 pm today. School violence and aggression, it's increased 66% in the past 11 years and teachers are looking for more help to tackle the issue. And also on the panel, something that New Zealand could crow about, the World Health Organization says New Zealand tobacco is amongst, tobacco control is amongst the best in the world. Recall a night at the power station on Venom Road and your clothes would so stink of smoke you'd have to put them head to toe in the wash and then have a shower. Those were the days. And a listener asks, does anyone remember Cuisinaire rods? You know those colour rods? You learn your numbers on it. That is, if you weren't making a tower with the orange ones, Cuisinaire's. Your memories, text me, 2101. Uh, our panel today, Verity Johnson, columnist and co-owner of Club Burlesque. Ver- Verity, kia ora. Kia ora, Wallace. And Peter Dunn, former MP and minister commentator. Peter, welcome to the programme. Kia ora, Wallace. Kia ora, Verity. Now, Aucklanders, when can you last recall having a whole week of sunshine? Well, let me put it put it this way. How long has it been since you could hang the washing out and forget about it for a couple of days? And dare I even mention camping? Well, according to the meteorologists at Met Service, the last time Auckland had one week of sunshine was December of last year. (laughs) God. (laughs) No wonder we all feel so bad. With Mm. us is Matapelo Makapuklane, meteorologist. Matapelo, kia ora. Welcome to the panel. Kia ora, Wallace. Thank you. And kia ora to all the listeners as well. Can you confirm this for us? Has it really been that long since we had a full week of sunshine in Tamaki Makoto? You know... People on the ground often say, oh, it's been so cloudy, I'm sure it's been ages, but this time the numbers actually can confirm that. The last time Auckland had more than six days of sunshine, where the sun shone for more than eight hours, uh, was last year, December, as you say. It was actually a 13-day stretch of beautiful sunshine last year, December, but since then we haven't seen anything as long. So this would have been, this was, if I can recall, this was pre-Christmas, wasn't it? It was around that time. So it was between the 18th of December up until the 30th of December where we got those long, lovely, sunny days. Golden days. (laughs) Golden (laughs) days. I I look back with fondness uh, about the time when Auckland once had a long, sunny day. Um, (laughs) It's amazing, isn't it? What do the numbers, Matapelo, tell us about the amount of rain we've had? Yeah, that's that. I suppose that's the flip side um, of the story. Lack of sunshine means more cloudy weather, and more cloudy weather then means more likelihood of that rainfall. People would have seen earlier, um, a few weeks ago, that Auckland has already received a year's worth of rainfall within the first six or seven months, and that would have been felt in those cloudy days as well. Um, so, yeah, it's been a very cloudy year. I'm sure people can think back to... January and February, we don't need to go into the details of that. I'm sure we're all still feeling the effects of that. Um, so, yeah, we're definitely seeing the, 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 that reflected in the numbers as well. 
Yeah, well, Verity, you live in Auckland. I do. Isn't this amazing? The last time we had one week, mm. a block of sunshine was blimmin' well last year. Seven months ago? Yeah, seven as of today. Which is crazy, but like we were just saying that um, this city is obsessed with the weather. Our mood is linked really tightly to the weather, so I'm not really surprised because we're all currently mm-hmm. like schlepping around like wet socks because we're sad about the weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Peter, of course, has not been quite so bad in Wellington, right? No, it's been remarkable here in Wellington, actually, except for the last couple of weeks. But up until that time, we seemed to be having a, an Indian summer that went on and on and on with no wind. Um, quite remarkable. I've been in and out of Auckland quite a bit over the last few months, and I must say, even on the days when it's been sunny, there's always been a shower somewhere along the way. It's been quite remarkable, too. Yep. So, um, Matapela, what is causing it? Yeah, you know, speaking about long-term trends like this can be a little bit tricky because there are so many ingredients that do factor into these um, into these stories. Um, so the large um, player this time um, would be the La Nina that we have seen over the last few years, um, and it has started to break down, and we're now heading into an El Nino, which has already been uh, declared by the U.S. NOAA um, administration. Um, so yeah, that uh, that La Nina that we would have seen um, sort of opened the gates for weather systems coming more from the north. And because they're coming from the north, they tend to be warmer. And because they're warmer, um, they tend to hold a lot more moisture and more moisture then translates into more rain and more cloudy conditions. So this time around, uh, we can uh, we can blame it on uh, El, and La Nina. But yeah, as I mentioned, a lot of things are playing yeah. into it as Yeah, well. many factors are quite, quite complex. But is this the new normal? Oof, that's always the question. Um, so as I mentioned, we're now heading into an El Nino climate pattern, which means that we're seeing more weather coming in from the west, those westerly showery uh, weather systems bringing um, sort of cloudy weather and then a bit of gaps in the sky, a little bit of sunshine coming through. So for the next few months, at least, uh, we should be seeing maybe a little bit more sunshine than we saw earlier this year. Um, however, um, yeah, for the next few few months, at least, we, we can look forward to those El Nino conditions. Right. I guess the overriding thing eh, is uh, regarding the changing nature of the climate. Um, uh, With a heating world, there's more moisture in the atmosphere, so more rain to fall. Yeah, again, it's a very complex dance between all of those factors. And there's still a lot of question as to the long-term trend for the ENSO uh, pattern. So that would cover both El Nino and La Nina. Some of the literature says that we are, uh, it is possible that we could see more severe El Nino patterns in the future, um, which for the Auckland region would then mean less of those very moist, very wet systems coming in from the northeast. So it is a bit of a balancing act. Maybe El Nino is good news for one part of the country. However, for the other part of the country, such as the Canterbury region, the eastern part of the North Island, not such good news for the farmers out there. Well, that was the question I was going to ask. uh, I remember the last time we had El Nino weather here in Wellington. It wasn't particularly pleasant, rather windy um, and dry, but not not the sort of weather you wanted to spend too much time outside. Is that likely to happen again? 
Ah, you've hit the, the the nail on the head. Yeah. So looking forward to El Nino, we can expect more of those strong gusty northwesterlies. Um, if you're if you're in Wellington today and yesterday, we've already yeah. been suffering the effects <laughs> of that. Mm. A little bit of a glimpse of mm. what's to come over the next few months. So yeah, um, yeah, everything sort of has a good and a bad side. Mm. La Nina for for Wellington means that we get fewer of those strong windy mm. conditions, as you mentioned, Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, however, those El Nino patterns do mean that we've got more of these strong westerly wind patterns. Blowing us away. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Nice one. <laughs> That's Matapela um, Makabulakane, a meteorologist. Uh, so that news there the last time that Auckland had one week, a week, one week of sunshine was December of last year, pre Christmas. It's been a crazy seven months. Uh, and just in terms of the psychological aspects, I think you hit on something. Uh, Verity, that we all bring up whenever we're seeing friends, it might be for a coffee in the morning, it might be a beer in the pub, uh, the fact that our emotions do play Mm. by weather, don't they? Oh, it's huge. And there's a whole you know, seasonal affective disorder is linked to the amount of vitamin C and sunlight you get per day. So there's massive studies about, you know, when you're deprived of sunlight, um, especially in like Nordic countries that get yeah. very little sun, you get very depressed very quickly. So if you're feeling flat, it's not entirely your fault. It's also the weather, another very thing. Uh, now, uh, look, uh, I suppose the question of the day is, um, you know, can you recall the days of the Cuisinier rod? The Cuisinier. What uh, a name. And, and you're loving it. Sarah in Auckland says, I adored them. Periodically bore my friends with nostalgic memories of Cuisinier's. Now in my 60s, but continue to mourn my family set from the childhood, long since vanished. I'm subnumerate, so their teaching properties are debatable, in my view. I love the colours. Someone else says, um, I remember the Cuisinier rods. Love them. Those years coincided with the trial new open plan primary school system based on the USA system. And another one here talks about the Cuisinier sculpture, a striking sculpture, a giant Cuisinier sculpture. I know where it is. I absolutely love it. It's by a very famous artist. Do you know where the Cuisinier sculpture is in Aotearoa. Text me, 2101. Loving your responses, talking about Cuisinier's at 425. It's time for I've Been Thinking. Verity Johnson, take it away. Yeah, um, I've been thinking, having read now Nationals uh, Public Transport, I would say it's a policy, but you could sum it up basically with roads, 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 let's do lots of roads. Um, And they are basically promising to get rid of the Auckland light rail. And Labour has come out and said they're going to keep the Auckland light rail. And I just want to express a lot of frustration I think Aucklanders have been feeling because this is actually one of the only policies that we still largely are in favour of and still largely believe in statistically. But this is something which we've been paying for since 2018. We were promised the Auckland Regional Fuel Tax would go towards getting this um, rail system, the light rail going. As of yet, we've only spent $300 million of that um, Tax. So there's, there's still 300 million sitting there from the 700 that they've collected, and we still haven't got this moving. And now, if we get a national act coalition, we're going to get all of this scrapped. So all the tax we've been paying since 2018 to get this freaking light rail, which is massively a huge, huge deal for Aucklanders, will just go out the window. And I feel as though it's not fair that in 2018 we were told, oh, if you start paying fuel tax, you can get the light rail. And now it's like, oh, so's lol. Uh, is it $15 billion well spent? 
I think when you look at... Eye-watering. Well, the thing is, is they've gone for the tunnelling option of the predictions they've been talking about. Now, if they hadn't gone for the tunnelling option, if they'd gone for the overland option, not only could we have built it by now, but it'd be a hell of a lot cheaper. But I feel like there hasn't been a lot of transparency in the way that the current plans have opted for the more expensive under-the-ground route, which has massively inflated the budget. And also, that hasn't been represented to Aucklanders, who still largely think it's going to be overland. But, yeah, I just... The okay. incompetency. You're bemoaning uh, <laughs> this right, uh, the proposed scrapping of uh, Auckland's light rail project. And, Peter, I've been thinking you want to stick with uh, transport. Yeah, I do. I'm, I was actually – I've been pondering rather than thinking because in all the time I've been involved in public life, and that's coming up for four decades now, transport planning has always been a huge problem. We talk about it a lot. We speculate about whether it be light rail or roads or mixes or whatever, but we can never make a binding decision. It doesn't matter which government's in power or which government's trying to get into power. You know, we've got the... Verity's raised the issue of the, 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 the speculation about Auckland's light rail. We've got let's well, get Wellington moving, which has been anything but, which looks like it's going to be canned in certainly its current form. But the bottom line of all of this is nothing actually changes. We talk, we talk, we talk, but nothing actually happens. And we all say we've got to improve public transport, we've got to improve our links, and yet we spend all our time arguing about it and not achieving it. It just frustrates me too. Peter, I would really like to know how they do mega projects in other countries. I was talking to some uh, construction people uh, who were saying, uh, if you're in the Gold Coast, for example, or Brisbane or whatever, they just get on and do it. Yeah, I think Um, that's that's the key. Look, I was going to cite the example of Taipei in Taiwan, where about 30 years ago, massive pollution, massive traffic clogging, they decided they had to build a subway system. And they estimated they could do it by a cut-and-fill method. It would take them about four years, but there'd be quite a bit of social and sort of personal disruption while it happened, but they had to do it. In the event, it took them five years. I went back there a few years later. Uh, tree-lined streets, everything is wow. neat and tidy because mm. all the traffic's underground. But the key point is they just got on and did it. Meantime, at the same period in New Zealand, we were still arguing about a few hundred metres of an inner-city bypass in Wellington. Why go to Expressway 25 years? Exactly, yeah. I mean, other countries just say, here's a problem, we need to resolve it, get on with it. What we, can we do? We might come oh. back to that on the panel. Part of it could it be procurement. I don't know. Uh, th- very good. I've been thinking both of you. Uh, lots and lots of memories regarding queers and ears. What was your favourite one? Was it the crimson one? Was it the brown one? Maybe it was the blue one. <laughs> You're on the panel. RNZ National. Bertie Johnson. Peter Dunn.